How's the Washington farm economy faring, and what's the hope for the future? To find out, I recently sat down with Derek Sanderson, director of the Washington State Department of Agriculture. I started our conversation asking him to describe the state of Washington ag right now, both the good and the not-so-good. Well, we're in a very challenging period right now with respect to operating costs and and, uh, pressures on the industry caused by I mean, if you go back even just a, a year or so ago, you may recall that trade issues were big. We could, you know, there were container shortages. We had overseas shipping rates were extremely high, that sort of thing. That, that started to relax some. We're seeing improvement there. But then the supply chain issues hit. We saw, and partly, I mean, the, the uh, Russian-Ukrainian uh, uh, um, uh, conflict has had something to do with, with some of those supply chain issues, particularly potash um, or for fertilizer. But um, uh, other supply chain issues, I mean, we, you know, people are having trouble getting tractor parts or combine parts, whatever. Um, and then we saw the inflationary spiral with, uh, with uh, fuels, lubricants, uh, ag chemicals, um, you know, pretty much, you know, all input costs across the board, including, you know, we saw issues with, uh, with the overtime law um, uh, um, uh, increasing as well. So it's been a, a very, very difficult time. I mean, on the good side, you know, prices are strong for the most part that, you know, for farm products. Um, but again, operating costs are also high. And so it's sort of offsetting those gains. Um, we're seeing some improvements in, uh, in trade in, uh, in particularly in, uh, in the arena of potatoes, frozen potatoes, uh, up about in 22, up about 14%. Wheat was up about 10%. Although you remember we're coming off a, a, a drought um, uh, previously, that but we struggled weather conditions. Um, I won't elaborate, but we had you know some some difficult conditions last April with respect to uh, tree fruit, the cherry uh, cherries in particular, but also apples in terms of temperatures too cold for pollination to occur. Uh, temperatures cold enough to cause bud damage and that sort of thing. So there's, it's a mixed bag right now that we're, you know, we're seeing some positive, we're seeing a lot of negatives as well. And it's just trying to sort through all that and, and make sense out of where we're at. Director, you just talked about the egg overtime issue in the state of Washington becoming a law. In your conversations with producers or commodity groups, how are they adapting to the overtime requirements and what words of advice, encouragement, whatever you want to call it, do you have for the industry at the, as they look to adjust to those hours and these new requirements ahead? Well, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's sort of a mixed bag in terms of the, the um, reaction of, of the employers. Uh, some are just simply not in a position. I mean, farmers are price takers. So they can't just simply up their rates that are rather uh, up their crop costs or value um, in in uh, response to to the overtime requirements. So some are simply not able to to pay overtime and still stay competitive, and um, um, others are better positioned to do that. And so you've seen some movement of workers from employers that can't pay overtime to those that can. Um, we've seen some. Uh, Producers trying to increase their um, the number of workers they're bringing in. Um, that also means they have to have enough housing for those workers when they bring them in. So um, it's still something that's uh, that's shaking out. There is there is legislation um, being that's been proposed across this, or over at the uh, Capitol 
to um, to 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 lessen the effect of the of the overtime law in terms of allowing more uh, variances during peak harvest time and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't, you know, it's hard to say right now whether that will that legislation will get legs or not. In terms of any advice, I mean, it's just, I think as far as we're concerned, it's really we want we want producers to stay very close to their agricultural associations who are following this closely, are looking at the legal aspects of it, um, and are in, a, in the best position to give advice to uh, to to uh, employers or producers in terms of how to deal with the, the overtime requirements. Director, you know better than most that trade is such an important component of uh, Washington Ag. What are your thoughts on former ODA Director Alexis Taylor taking on the role of Undersecretary of Ag, uh, Ag Trade and Foreign Affairs at USDA? And what impact, in your assessment, will that have on the international trade picture for Washington products? Yeah, I was uh, uh, very encouraged to see that uh, uh, Alexis was was appointed undersecretary. I mean, she's very she's very well qualified, and she um, in in the pre, in the Obama administration actually ran the Foreign Ag Service um, um, under uh, Secretary Vilsack. So she's um, very experienced, very knowledgeable, um, is accustomed to working these foreign um, foreign trade matters. I think the other important development was that um, that uh, USTR Ambassador uh, Doug McCaleb was confirmed by the Senate at about the same time. So we now we have actually you know, we're at kind of at full strength with respect to our our uh, at least uh, uh, federal trade uh, team. So uh, I, th- I think it, overall it's encouraging. We've seen sort of stagnation in in trade developments. We you know so. Um, in the last couple of years, there's not been a whole lot of progress made. We saw a little improvement when, the, when Vietnam lowered uh, tariffs on, on wheat, but uh, still a lot of, of, of uh, room to, to either improve existing relationships or to pursue new uh, free trade agreements. A lot, a lot of work to do um, because of trans- or comprehensive, progressive Trans-Pacific Partnership. We're kind of behind the eight ball in, in the in, in the uh, Indo-Pacific region, and we're uh, uh, we're needing some wins. We're still suffering from tariffs in uh, retaliatory tariffs in India, in particular. That's really hurting our apple industry. Um, uh, and China uh, uh, has retaliatory tariffs against us as well that hurt not only apples but cherries. So we're you know there's there's a lot of room for improvement. So we're very hopeful that. Uh, Undersecretary Taylor and, and uh, Ambassador Michaela can make some make some big differences here soon. You know, speaking of trade, and you bring up a lot of those uh, challenges that the ag industry has faced over the last couple of years. What would you like to see from the administration to promote additional trade opportunities in 2023 or further down the road? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think again, the focus needs to be on. Um, on the uh, countries that are in Trans-Pacific Partnership with, with whom we don't have a free trade agreement. You know, Vietnam's a good example. Um, uh, you know, there's, that's a very a growing market, an emerging market um, that, uh, you know, where we could expand into with, with a lot of our products. Um, we feel like that's just one example that they could do a lot of work in that in, in the Pacific Rim in terms of opening doors, getting tariffs reduced in particular. Um, 
to uh, to allow us to grow into markets. If we, for example, if we can't, you know, if we can't solve the problem with India, the Apple industry needs to find other other buyers of apples overseas if they're going to going going to succeed. So, um, I, I think that's uh, that's very important. I, I think the uh, the UK, the free trade agreement with the United Kingdom um, is. Gosh, it should be pretty close to being um, uh, realized, and I think that's one they could also spend some time on to get it get it up and running. But it just uh, a, a, a sort of a new commitment to expanding trade opportunities would be very helpful. Director, you were mentioning just a couple of moments ago that uh, ag overtime is being discussed at the state capitol in Olympia. Um, what other pieces of legislation are you or the WSDA watching from Olympia? And is there anything that maybe you'll be promoting yourself? Well, one of our, uh, um, our most important asks is, um, is to develop a state promotional program or state brand program, if you will, uh, a program to, uh, to help advertise Washington and, 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 uh, and uh, sub-regional uh, products that uh, we're one of five states nationally that does not have a, a, a promotion program for its agricultural products. And so we think, we think that would be um, uh, very helpful. Um, we've had a lot of communication with the industry about what they would like to see. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, in some cases, there's interest in local labels like Skagit or um, you know, the Chehalis area, that sort of thing, but there's also interest in the state label. And, of course, some of our products, like cherries, um, are, are marketed um, on a northwest basis. So, you know, we would need to have something flexible enough to be able to, uh, to accommodate all those interests. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's important that we're able to, uh, when we sell products, that people can look at that label and say, oh, that's a Washington product. And because uh, we think our, the quality of our products sell themselves. So um, it's just important to make sure that it's recognized when a product comes from Washington. Another, another initiative uh, or uh, legislation we have uh, uh, is basically to, to um, engage in a competitiveness evaluation. I think we talked a lot about bo- uh, uh, factors that are affecting bottom line, regulation, um, inflation, um, other, other uh, weather, uh, uh, Plant pests, everything that imaginable that affects our our uh, our uh, farming and ranching, and we need to have a good sense um, of what all those you know if it's if it's a situation of a death by a thousand cuts, or but all everything that that gets piled on to agriculture, we need to be able to say what that means with respect to bottom line. What's that? What? How are we able to compete with other states, with other countries? Given the the the, um, the burden that we operating burden that we carry, so I think that's extremely important. Um, we've got a fair amount of legislative interest in that. Washington State University has been our partner in it in developing the design of it, and uh, industry partners are uh, are uh, anxious as well to get this up and running. So that's a couple of things we're uh, we're we're working on. Um, we're we're still dealing with. Uh, elevated demand for food at food banks and food pantries around the state. And so we have another ask in with respect to extending the uh, We Feed Washington program for another year. And the focus of that, of course, has been to, to you know, make sure all Washingtonians have, have uh, nutritious food, but also to, when we, when we, get, when we um, obtain that food, we want to we buy from 
Washington farmers. We want to make sure it's Washington products that get into those those food banks and food pantries. So uh, that's a couple of things. There's uh, there's uh, continued work on trying to get the um, soil health initiative uh, um, fully funded and, and operational. That's very important for from a long term standpoint to make sure that we've taken care of uh, the uh, the soils in our state and making sure that they'll be as productive 50 or 100 years from now um, than they are as they are today, or if not more productive. So. Um, you know, just a few examples of what we're following across the street. Oh, just one other thing on the, uh, a couple of things on the legislation. So it's not legislation per se, but funding. We're, we're continuing our work with uh, Japanese beetle eradication in the Yakima Valley. Um, that's been, uh, that's been a significant challenge. And we've, we've not had any federal assistance at this point in dealing with that particular problem. Um, uh, but we're also looking at, um, uh, you know, continued work on, a, on the northern giant hornet, making sure that that particular test does not uh, does not establish in Washington State. Um, and uh, of course, we're, we work with Washington State University and Treefort Research on uh, little cherry disease, which is a significant uh, issue that's uh, facing our, our cherry industry. Director, as you look at the growing season ahead, what are your thoughts? I, I know the farming community is usually a pretty optimistic crew. What do you want the Washington farming community to know or to keep in the back of their mind as, you know, we start hoping for some warmer temperatures and getting more work done outside? Yeah, unfortunately, the the, the longer-range forecasts are still showing a very cold spring. So, um, uh, you know, we need to kind of hope for the best, but you know, you know, but except that um, uh, it's, it may be a, a tough spring, particularly with respect to uh, to uh, tree fruit. Uh, we'll see. But um, uh, on the brighter side, you know, moisture levels, the soil moisture's up. Um, the, the drought conditions have pretty much dissipated um, in parts of eastern Washington, particularly in, in wheat country, where. Um, it had a devastating effect in 2021. Uh, mountain snowpacks in the Cascades are looking pretty good. So we don't anticipate, um, at this point anyway, a, a, any kind of significant drought um, in the, like the Yakima Basin or the, the, the snow, snowpack-fed basins of, uh, of central Washington. So, um, you know, it's too early to tell. Uh, certainly, um, you know, as usual, uh, Farmers and ranchers are already hard at it, and uh, and uh, um, we'll uh, we'll be looking for a, a, a brighter year in terms of maybe seeing some of the input costs uh, uh, drop some, uh, some of the inflation inflationary pressures perhaps dropping some um, throughout uh, 2023. Once again, that was Derek Sanderson, director of the Washington State Department of Ag.